Hello, welcome to Stump, Death and Taxes. This is Meep, also known as Mary Pat Campbell. I'm a life actuary, which means I'm all about death. And yeah, I do the taxes stuff too, and sumo and opera. But today I'm going to be looking at death and talking about my most recent mortality with Meep post, which was a preliminary look at the 2022 U.S. total mortality. There's continuing excess mortality, and a lot of it is not COVID. It does depend by age group. And yeah, this is an audio podcast. So, um, yeah, I will be doing videos eventually on this. Um, I'm waiting for to be a little more complete for the year. Yeah, I know. I like calendar years. I got tired of waiting for the CDC. And we're going to push to the side all the CDC trust issues. There's stuff about public policy. And then there's the data issues. <laughs> and there's different levels of data. But... Uh, CDC Wonder, which is the database, and it's really a collection of databases um, uh, for CDC Wonder. Uh, and it's, you know, similar interfaces for each of these different data sets that you go through CDC Wonder. And the ones that I'm looking at are the preliminary and provisional, provisional and partial death data it goes from 2018 up until about like a month ago uh, and all of these data info statistics etc uh, for 2018 through 2020 are the finalized statistics but for 2021 and 2022 so far we don't have any 2023 data yet um, it's a little early for that um these are just aggregations of death certificate data. You know, those are, you know, at the county level, and then it gets goes up to the state level, and then that gets sent on to the CDC. I mean, I'm really simplifying this. Some of the stuff gets sent straight to the CDC, et cetera. And then they do a little data cleanup. The partial and provisional data, yes, you do sometimes find data problems with the most recent data and I've done that before and other people have as well so we you know always keep uh, an eye on the most recent data knowing that there may be problems with it uh, usually the main problem is the one that we always know that there's a reporting lag uh, someone dies even if like they die in a hospital and you know it right away, it takes time. Somebody has to fill out a death certificate. It's not like you have a, I'm sorry, it's not like you have a chip inside you that immediately reports the date and time of your death and all of the stats that go along with it. Some individual has to fill out all the information on that. It gets checked over it's reported locally, then it gets sent to the CDC, and then the CDC compiles that for the CDC Wonder database, even if it's partial and provisional. Um, the most recent update was last Wednesday. Now I got to look at a calendar because I don't remember my dates. So that was last Wednesday. So that was January 4th, 2023. 
and I believe the deaths are were through December 17th, 2022. Um, but I caught it off at the end of November, but it's, you know, it's still a little bit of underreporting for November. It, there's usually a lag about, you know, three to six weeks for uh, most locations on the deaths. Um, actuaries are used to this concept of incurred, but not reported. This has caused problems in the past with data for those who want completed models. So they come up with this IBNR, that's the incurred, but not reported IBNR. And, um, if you have to make assumptions on what the lag is and how those deaths come in and reported, um, the numbers that I use are just the reported numbers. None of this is projected. Uh, so if there are any numbers, if anything, the most recent numbers are going to be a little low compared to what's going to ultimately come in. Okay. So top line, I will have graphs in, you know, the Substack posts that accompanies this podcast. And you know, going back to the beginning of 2020 and let's compare against the average for the same month. And to make it a fair comparison, I do average daily deaths for each month. And there's a seasonal pattern. This is something that, you know, we need to think about. Sometimes I've put a line and that's only when I've done it for an entire year's worth of deaths. But if I'm doing it week to week or month to month, I'm going to want to compare it against the same period in prior years because deaths peak in the winter, basically around January 1st. Actually, it's the first week in January in general, first two weeks in January that usually have a peak of deaths. Um, and it tends to be pneumonia. It's the oldest people, obviously, most deaths are the oldest people, and the lowest number of deaths are in the middle of summer. It's because, you know, the most frail people are the ones who are dying the most. It's the oldest people, and they tend to die when they are most vulnerable, which is in the winter. Now, people have come up with a variety of theories. Oh, they hang on until after Christmas or until the new year, but... If you actually look at the wave pattern, it's, it's not that it's that, you know, it's, it, it just does a wave with the weather and that's all there is to it. If you actually look at younger people's patterns, it's a little different at younger ages, but you know, we can look at that a different time. So what's interesting is when we look at the COVID patterns, there are the waves that we know about. In 2020, there were three waves. We have that initial spring 2020 wave that peaked in early April 2020. Then there was a summer wave that occurred across the South, you know, most notably in Texas and Florida. And then there was a winter wave, you know, fall into winter of 2020 into 2021. And it peaked and then came back down. And it was kind of quiet in the spring of 2021. And then coming into the late summer, into fall of 2021, we had that Delta variant of COVID. And then we had Omicron, which peaked even higher than we had with the prior winter wave. 
And then it kind of collapsed into the spring of 2022. And we're almost back at what I will just call normal mortality. And what's really weird about the death curve after that is it just kind of leveled out, but that's still higher than normal mortality. So what's going on there? Now, some of that was COVID. Just as we had those summer COVID waves along the South. So that's some of it, but there's some non COVID stuff going on. Now, I did not get into cause of death investigations. And unfortunately, part of that, you have to know what the data process is here. This is common. There's nothing new to this. It's not new to COVID, it's not new to the pandemic. This has been going on for a long time when it comes to specifically external causes of death. So that's accidental causes of death, homicide and suicide, just certain causes. And there can be natural causes of death as well, but where you have to investigate it, it's suppressed or censored. However, I'm using a technical term of art. This is not intended to be accusatory or anything like that. This is none of this Twitter files kind of stuff. Um, This is not a conspiracy theory or anything. This is just normal standard operating procedure. It has to be investigated further. I mean, especially something like a drug overdose, you kind of want to know, was it accidental? Was it a suicide? Um, There are reasons we want to know whether it was intentional or accidental. Um, And no, it's not legal usually it's it legal reasons uh, the reason we want to know intention and cause of death did someone else do it well obviously if the murder is involved yeah i mean we need to know that that's a legal issue but if something is accidental versus intentional the kinds of interventions that we need to do to try to prevent it are going to be different if you think about it, if someone intended to do it, what you would do to try to prevent them from doing it again is going to be very different from if it's an accident. And that's something very important with the drug overdoses, if you think about it. Anyway, going back to the 2022. So for each of these investigations, um, I can't do cause of death for 2022 very well. I could only do it for, you know, early in 2022. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of that excess mortality is very obviously COVID with that spike early in the year. And I'm not very interested in looking at COVID. Sorry, guys. Um, I want to look at the non-COVID excess mortality. So that means I'm going to have to wait some months to get some good data on that. Now, what I don't need to wait for is the data split out by age group. And that's why you need to know kind of the qualities of your data and the data process. Then you know how you can analyze it, what you have to wait for, what you don't have to wait for. Well, I don't have to wait for the age information. So that's what I did in the post is I split it out by five-year age groups. Now to get at it. Um, now I could have just gone by absolute number of deaths and looked at the percentage change pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, and, you know, look at in 2022. Could have done that. You know, the population groupings, 
don't change that much. But, you know, we're going 2018, 2019 to 2022, three years, and maybe it doesn't change a lot. But if we're going to have a stable analysis, we really need to regularize it for the population size. So I did go into the U.S. Census Bureau estimates for the population year by year for age. So I did get get into that. Uh, There are good estimates for 2020, obviously. I used July 1st estimates. You know, it's not going to be the same month to month. It's a good enough estimate for the full year. So July 1st, I used the mid-year estimate for the ages for 2020 and 2021. Now for 2022, we don't have the July 1st estimates. What we do have good estimates for are the total population for the whole year on July 1st. We don't have it by age group. What I did is I looked at the distribution of ages in 2020 and 2021. And, you know, I had percentages for each of these. It doesn't move much year to year. I could have done a complicated model with, oh, births and deaths and, you know, movement between each of these. Eh, You know, it's close enough for the rates we want to look at. So I just did a little small trend one year to 2022 to get my denominator for any death rates I was going to look at. And so that's how I figured out. I came up with a basically average death rate, as it were, for 2018 and 2019, used the average of that for each month, and then did that for 2022, 2021, and 2020, and then made uh, my own comparison. So I'm not waiting for the CDC to give me their rates. I would have to wait a couple years before they give me their finalized data on that, and I don't want to wait. So for the senior group, I went from age 60 to age 84. Over age 84, um, yeah, you get a lot of deaths and the death rates are very high for age 85 and above, but your population estimates, they really start to dwindle rapidly and it gets very noisy. So I avoided those. And what's interesting is there's actually not a lot of excess mortality at the very old ages. Um, anyway, I'll, maybe I'll do a future post just on the age 85 plus later and try to deal with that noise. Um, but there's a lot of clustering together for the senior group during the pandemic. Obviously, their spiking really tracked well with those COVID waves in 2020 and then in 2021. Now, when it was quiet between those waves, it went you know, down pretty far, down to almost like 10%, went below 20% excess mortality, as I'll just say excess mortality compared to 2018, 2019. And then spike pretty high. Now, what's interesting is in that Delta Omicron wave, the senior mortality spiked high in the first wave, not the second wave. So there was a double spike, the Delta and then the Omicron. So the Delta, it was the youngest seniors, age 60 to 64, that spiked. And I think the spike peaked in September 2021. 
and spiked the highest for age 60 to 64. And, and it's just kind of interesting how it layered out. They had the highest relative mortality. That does not mean they had the most deaths. It's just relative. It's a, you know, over 50% increase in number of deaths compared to the same period for 2018 to 2019. So you have to think about that. Of course, those age 80 to 84 had a much higher death rate to begin with in 2018 to 2019. So it would require a lot more deaths in 2021 to get that kind of increase. So these are the kinds of things you have to think about when you're thinking of relative increases. Well, that's in the past. Let's think about what was going on in 2022. And this is where it gets kind of strange. So in 2022, after that Omicron wave, so, you know, kind of peaks in 20, you know, January 2022, and then it comes down. And actually the excess mortality for the age 70 to 74 group went below zero. That means it went away. For March 2022 through June 2022, and it actually stayed fairly close to 0% for the age 70 to 74 group, meaning it stayed fairly close to the 2018 to 2019 average for March 2022 through November 2022 that we know the data we have so far for that age group. Now, maybe my estimates for the population size weren't great. And maybe that's why it's so low. But, you know, I don't know. Um, it can be like all of their excess mortality had been from COVID in the earlier waves. And now once COVID is semi-quiescent, there's not much excess mortality to be had. Now for the other senior groups, they did have excess mortality. Actually, the highest was for age 75 to 79. And this layering is kind of odd, but the excess mortality tended to be around 10% and lower, which is actually kind of low compared to the other age groups as we will hear about. So for the senior age groups, excess mortality in 2022, once we got past, you know, that peak in January and then February, it came down and it was extinguished, you know, by March, 2022. And it was pretty quiet for the rest of 2022 for seniors. So that's very interesting to think about. And we will see that, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. So for middle age mortality, so this is my age group, Gen X, woohoo, age 40 to 59 years old. I'm not, for the rest of this, I'm not going to talk about what happened in 2020 and 2021, though, you know, and I've talked about this in, in prior posts and prior podcasts, this age group for the age group 40 to 44 years old, which is younger than me they had the worst relative mortality experience of all the age groups, peaking to over 80% in 2021, in September, 2021. It's not all COVID. Some of it is COVID, 
but let's just focus on what happened in 2022 to these age groups. And again, the older age groups had almost all of their excess mortality extinguished. So age 55 to 59 and 50 to 54, they really went down. But age 40 to 44, sure, they had the Omicron wave and then it came down, but it kind of stalled out at about 20% excess mortality. So this is, again, compared to 2018 to 2019. So, you know, not much going on with COVID, but you still have elevated mortality of about 20% for the rest of 2022. So what is it if it's not COVID? I mean, maybe some of it's COVID. I don't know. I'm not looking into it yet. As I said, when I've looked at it in 2021, some, you know, it was about 50-50. Some of the excess was COVID and the rest was like drug overdoses, but also diabetes and some other causes of death. Age 45 to 49 is close to 40 to 44 years old, um, just underneath it. So it's elevated for all of 2022. It does come down in October and November, but that's probably because of the reporting lag. As data come in, those numbers will be coming up almost definitely. And my final group that I look at, and I didn't look at in the post, in my spreadsheets, I did look at children, by the way. But it's very noisy data because there aren't very many deaths for minors. And, you know, their baseline is very low. Um, I'd want more stable data before I did, you know, more of a, an analysis there. When I've looked back at what was going on with minors, and I definitely don't like looking at infant mortality because that one is very persnickety. I'll, I'd have to, you know, deal with that separately. <laughs> because when you look at infant mortality, and I was just looking at what the infant age groups are, the largest death bucket, as it were, in infant mortality is the infant deaths at under one day old. Yeah, that's really morbid. I'm not going to go there right now. So let's go back to young adult mortality. <laughs> Less depressing. So young adult mortality has a totally bizarre pattern compared to the other two age group, age, major age groupings that I was talking about with the seniors in the middle age. So this is age 20 to 39 years old, like from 2020 to 2021, it's a lot of noise. There is elevated mortality and the elevated mortality, by the way, does start in 2020. It just doesn't have the clear peaks with the COVID waves that you saw with the seniors in the middle-aged groups until you hit September 2021 with the Delta wave. You absolutely see it with the younger adults and it's more with the older ones the age 35 to 39 where it's more clearly covid that's driving that um age 20 to 24 for example you barely you know it kind of goes up a little bit but you know you don't see very much there um so you mainly see it with the older groups here where they're 
you know, edging into middle age, age 35 to 39. There's a lot of excess mortality going on here, but given the structure of what we're seeing, it's, you know, most of this is not COVID. So we look into what's going on in 2022. And again, we don't really see a wave pattern, but we do see generally decreasing excess mortality where it starts at for the highest levels are the ones age 30 to 39 years old. And they're, you know, between 40 to 50% excess in January, 2022. And it's coming down throughout the year but they're all somewhat elevated throughout the year. So again, we do realize in, you know, September through November, 2022, a lot of this is reporting lag. Uh, what you need to realize pre-pandemic for young adults, so age 20 through 39, what are the main causes of death for these ages? Well, the top three, and I'm not, these are not in order, are accidental causes of death, suicide, and homicide. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what the rates are either. And below that will be like cancer and heart disease. It's very tragic at these ages. So it, the top three are all external causes of death. And during the pandemic, starting in 2020, drug ODs and motor vehicle accidents and homicide. So all three of those jumped up in 2020, um, not just for young adults, but also going into middle age, uh, that these causes of death jumped up a lot in 2020. And the concern is that these are continuing into 2022, into 2023. Now, some of them may be subsiding. And some of them may not be. Unfortunately, these are the very causes of death that, you know, I have to wait at least six months to be able to see what those causes of death were uh, to do that analysis. So <laughs> you do actually see, you know, the auto insurance companies know, at least with regards to motor vehicle accidents, the life insurance companies don't necessarily know because they don't find out any faster than what gets put on the death certificates themselves. And they're going to pay off either way, but they do need to know cause of death because this goes into their own figuring out for long-term trends when they're trying to figure out what they need for reserves, what they need for pricing, and what they need for underwriting. So... You know, the, these are the things that we're thinking about, that even if COVID goes away, there are other things that are potentially going on. Now, I mentioned these external causes of death. There are other possibilities. And everyone like, oh, blah, blah, vaccines. Yeah, I know people want to talk about that. But, you know, there's other things in the world going on. There are cancer screenings that didn't occur. There are are chronic conditions that got undertreated. These all have long-term effects potentially, and these will very slowly come out in the data. 
I keep mentioning this dying, you know, people say thinking fast and slow. There's dying fast and slow. And if it's dying slow, it's going to take a long time for you to see it in the data. So <laughs> that's been Stump, Death and Taxes. Talk to y'all another time. Bye-bye. Oh,